Hey, redheads and everyone else listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian, and we are back with another dating episode. We had mm-hmm. so many people write in who loved the dating episode that we did at the beginning of season five. And we thought, wow, this is a popular topic. So we wanted to come back and talk about dating with another dating and relationship coach. And it was a first time for Stephanie and I to talk about this. So we're super excited. This time we're talking to Anna Leonora. She's a relationship and dating coach, and she actually got her star on TikTok, which we thought was so cool. Like she's basically Mm -hmm. like a TikTok dating and relationship coach, which just seems very modern age and very, very cool. And her relationship coaching is centered on trauma identification and healing in an effort to form healthy relationships. And it's also interesting to know that she's also a registered nurse. So... I'm sure sometimes nurses, I think that they're the most incredible people because they do so much. They are like kind of, I'm sure at some points they're like therapists as well because (laughs) you're Mm -hmm. meeting all of these different people with all of these different circumstances. So we're so excited to talk to her and to talk about dating again. I feel like, Steph, it's such like an interesting topic for us because we... I mostly hear about your friends who are dating, but for yeah, people who are I know, in the relationship world, it's wild. Right. right. It is wild. And I hear from them, right? Because I know that we've talked about this on a previous episode, but Adrian and I never were on dating apps because we met our husbands 10 plus years ago when, you know, Uber, dating apps, Lyft, um, nothing. They, they weren't Prime, there. Nothing, nothing existed. So... It's interesting nowadays that it's the norm to be on a dating app, even though I have several girlfriends who are struggling, you know, they struggle and about the fact that they want to meet their spouse or their eventual partner, I should say, uh, organically. And dating apps are just so common that it's just the thing to do that organically meeting someone out is just super rare. And it's kind of unfortunate because you think back at like our grandparents' generation, even our parents' generation, and how you just met organically, but it's just not the times. Yeah. Um, Like I think our Nana and Papa met dancing, didn't they? Didn't? Yeah, I think like most people like met out, I think back in the day. I mean, it's like, it's kind of interesting. I also think it's, it's, it's kind of cool, I think. I mean, I think, you know, people it's such a different world like stuff you even think about how to be a redhead like if it was back in those days like we would never exist you know it's like i know it's really cool the way that the world has just changed because without without technology our world would just be so different and so now our world is so different and dating has become so different i mean one of my favorite couples is our cousins um Shelly and like it's unbelievable how they met she met her spouse and like they met online on like an amazing platform and like they were kind of destined to be together so I don't know sometimes I'm like I think fate has now intertwined into online dating and technology totally yeah I know and I think we have nostalgia because we just happened to meet our husband's out like you just like I guess like the old days but um yeah, it's really cool. I think the way people connected with the last episode is because it is so common now and so many people are meeting online. And mm-hmm. I think too, like if you're listening to this, like don't feel like maybe if you're not in a relationship or you're not in 
uh, maybe maybe you're in a relationship, but maybe not just a traditional relationship. I think that this episode will help you and help you just discover who you are. And then that, you know, you never know the roller coaster of life. Like I think about it all the time. I'm like, wow, when you make a choice in life, it, you don't realize that it also helps you to find the person that you're meant to be with. And for instance, when Stephanie and I first started How to Be a Redhead, I was working at a law firm in Boston. And I think about this all the time. Like, what if I decided like, Steph, I didn't want to start this with you. And Mm. I just stayed at that law firm. I would have, I would never have, we wouldn't be sitting here right now on the How to Be a Redhead podcast. I don't know if How to Be a Redhead would ever have existed if we didn't do it at that time in our lives. And also Mm. like, if I didn't quit the law firm and have like a gut feeling and then like met, met, my husband now of like almost 11 years when when I was working at a night job to kind of start the website with you. It's just like unbelievable the way life takes you. And I think for anyone who's listening to like, you kind of have to trust the flow of life because it like boggles my mind. Like because we started how to be a redhead, it's like the universe was always trying to tell me specifically in that circumstance, like, yeah, you're on the right track because I ended up meeting him. We ended up you know, where we are now. And we ended up like creating this beautiful life. And so I think anyone who's listening, who's maybe not in a relationship, I think that that's totally cool. And if you don't want to be in one, great. And if you do, then, you know, maybe this episode will help you or maybe it'll help you just find yourself. And I think just a lot of people Mm -hmm. are on a search for finding their best selves, finding their best life. And I think that that's what Stephanie and I are so passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And your per, you know, it's something that I always tell my girlfriends that your person is out there. You know, it, I really believe that it just is the timing and figuring out, you know, everything works out and everything happens for a reason. So I know there's the a person for everyone. I don't know. There really is. We've talked about this. To, I don't know if we've talked about this, Stephanie, but like Jewish matchmaking was really that show on Netflix. Was oh my God. Really, on Netflix was so good, right? It was so interesting to me because I was like, there were so many different kinds of people on all different spectrums of being religious yeah. and not religious. And I was like, wow, there is there are people out there for everyone. Like if you are into yeah. something that I've never heard of before, Grant, there's so many people in the world are going to find you're going to find someone who likes what you like or has some kind right. of interesting thing about them. I don't know. But I th- always find it so interesting how there's someone mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah, it's so true based off of, you know, religion, hobbies, um, everything, you know, the feature of that person. I don't know. Yeah, that show and Indian matchmaking is those two so shows are just it's so eye opening. I know. So we're really excited to have Anna, you know, a guest on our podcast, um, talking all about dating and just what to do if you are thinking about starting a dating profile, not sure, you know, what to do, how to set one up, um, some dating red flags. I think that's something to definitely that we were definitely interested um, in making this episode about and catfishing, um, Mm -hmm. what to post on your profile. Because apparently like when you have a profile too, it's like, it's very important what you post, what you share, what's what you write about yourself. And then the, the photos that you post too. So 
it's going to be great to talk to her and kind of just hear her expert expert advice. So a little bit about her before we call her up. Um, Anna is a registered nurse and a dating and relationship coach. Her relationship coaching is centered on trauma identification and healing in an effort to form and maintain healthy dating and romantic relationships. She holds several college degrees and certifications. Um, extensive trauma education comes from her time working mm. actually as an emergency and trauma nurse. So I can see how it's kind of all um, relatable and yeah. inter- exactly and um, training and managing childhood trauma within her years spent navigating the foster care system as a foster and adoptive parent. So she has been a relationship coach for the last several years and enjoys sharing her knowledge in an effort to help others navigate the current landscape of the dating world. And her TikTok Instagram handle is. Um, from the fosters. So we'll include that in the podcast notes. So let's give her a call up. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Hi, Anna. It's Stephanie and Adrian from the How to Be a Redhead podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you? We're doing amazing. We are so excited to have you on our episode to talk all about dating, relationships, um, to kick things off, a question we ask all of our guests who are redheads is, what was it like for you growing up as a redhead? You know, I think I got kind of lucky in that I never experienced the same bullying that a lot of redheads experienced. I did hear a lot of the insults that people get having red hair, but I never really got them myself. Mm. But I will say that one thing I experienced, and I know people had really good intentions, is as a child with red hair, you get a lot of adults that are like, oh my gosh, your hair is so pretty. Never touch it. Never change it. People pay so much money to have this hair. (laughs) Right. Which is all compliments. But as a child, really just wanting to fit in, that makes you feel kind of othered. Mm. It makes you feel different, even though they're complimenting you. It's just people pointing out something that's different about you. Um, so I would say I got that a lot as a child, and it used to make me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. But now I'm so proud of it. But as a kid, that was something I would get all the time. Hairstylists and you know your parents' friends just, oh, it's so gorgeous. Never touch it. And then it just makes you want to touch it. And change. Yeah. And what about now? Because I just had an interaction. I was at Whole Foods and the woman looked at me and she goes, nice hair color. And it was a moment of silence because I'm like, does she think I diet? You know, and I didn't know what to do, oh. but it's been something that I've been dealing with my entire life. So I was wondering if you've been, you know, this is it still happening. All the yeah, time. Yeah. I would say now it now I actually take it as a compliment and I love it now, but as a child it made me uncomfortable. But I get a lot of people asking, Oh, what's the name of your hair color? Oh, asking how they I don't can know why get I don't it. like that. 
And I just always say natural. And then they kind of look at me and I'm like, no, really, it just grows out of my head. That like way. they don't, don't believe I, you. <laughs> right. They don't believe you ever, ever, ever. Um, but yeah, I just say it grows out of my head that way. And that kind of makes people stop asking. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I know. I know me too. If I get asked that Adrian, I feel like you get asked that way more than yeah. yeah I think cause your hair is more vibrant. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, okay. So we want to get right into dating and relationships um, with you being a dating and relationship coach. So have you ever used dating apps yourself to find love or were you married by the time apps got popular? And we wanted to ask this because Adrian and I never used the apps because we got married before they became popular. And Personally, I have a few girlfriends who are single living in various cities, you know, throughout the United States, and they're on the dating apps. And sometimes throughout the years, they've asked me questions. And I really can't like they'll ask me a question about their profile. And I, I really can't give my opinion as a friend because I've never been on the app. So we wanted to ask, have you ever used them yourself? And what has your experience been like, if you have? I have used the apps. I actually started dating back when they were still websites. They were oh, apps. You had yeah. to actually like log into the website. So I did use yeah. the websites back in the day. Um, but I have been on some of the apps. I actually met my partner on Tinder. Oh. Tinder. Um, and I have a lot of girlfriends that met their their partners, their spouses on, on the apps as yeah, well. So same I have here. a good yep. amount of experience with the apps. But yeah, I did use them and I did actually find my partner. Yeah, we just, a really good friend of our, both of our husbands, uh, we went to a wedding in December and they met on Tinder. And I think we know, my husband knows about three other friends who have met on Tinder. So I think that obviously there's so many more dating apps like Bumble and Hinge. And it's interesting though, because like I have a friend in Alaska who's single and it's, um, she uses a different app than like my girlfriend in New York City. So do you experience that like cities are so different with the apps? Absolutely. Some of the big cities, um, New York, I think Miami, Atlanta can use, there's a new one called called Coffee Meets Bagel that's becoming really big Mm. for young professionals. But where I currently live, there's nobody on it. Which, where do you live? I live in the Wilmington area in North Carolina. Okay. So it's, it's not a tiny city, but it's, it's still small town South, you know, yeah. so nobody is on coffee meets bagel here. So here, you know, the big one is Tinder, Bumble and Hinge. But there are a lot of people in some of the bigger cities that like that one. So it really is honestly location dependent. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's cool. Yeah. That is it's so true. So I think it's just finding the, you know, the app that's in, uh, popular where you live. And you have a TikTok series on dating app red flags. And we will include your TikTok handle from the Fosters in the podcast notes. But we all know what a big red flag looks like. Um, What are the subtle red flags that most people may not be aware of when on the apps? I have a couple that I like to point out. And I also like to always preface this by saying that you know, when I'm talking about these things, it's not all inclusive. Mm, it's just a, a general rule of thumb. Yep. But it's not always the case, right? We don't like to speak in, in absolutes. But 
Some of the big ones that I like to have people, my clients, just be mindful of is uh, one of the ones we see all the time is if someone doesn't really put anything in their bio other than I'm an open book or Mm. ask me anything, but they don't actually put anything else in there. For me, that says a couple things um, that either they're too lazy or just don't care enough to put the effort into putting a couple sentences in a bio, like really it only takes a couple minutes and they don't care enough to do that. Um, Or they want you to be the one to do all the work asking the questions. They just want you to ask the questions, they'll answer them, but they're not going to do any of the work, have the conversation with you. Or they're trying to hide the fact that they actually do have skeletons in the closet, but they're saying I'm an open book, anything to make it look like they don't. So that's when I kind of always tell people to be cautious about, especially if they have nothing else listed in their bio. The other two, one is we see all the time is I don't do drama. And it oh. seems like the people who say they don't do drama, do drama. Tend, tend to be the ones <laughs> who with want the most drama. drama. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. typically mm-hmm. they're the ones that cause the drama. Yeah. 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 Like Johnny so drama. If I ever see <laughs> I don't do drama, yeah. it's, that's an immediate like just run away from that one. And the last one that, um, because I'm a, I'm a parent and a, a child advocate that I become weary of is when people have children in their profile and specifically oh, interesting. The children's faces. Um, it's one thing to have like a picture of the back of your kids if they're looking, you know, you took them hiking and they're looking over a cliff or something. But if you have their face in, their, in your profile, to me, that's a bit of a red flag because we mm. should know adults mm. that that's not safe. And also we're here to date and that doesn't necessarily need to include your kids in the beginning. Mm. And then specifically, if you put children in your profile that are also not your kids. Oh, so we see a lot weird. of people that are like, that's my niece or nephew, or that's my friend's kid. And it's like, well, did you ask their parents permission before putting their face on the internet? And it's just, to me, it's that says somebody who is not mindful of the dangers of the internet and people should know that as adults, yeah. like we're yeah. mature, we should know better. Um, so it's one thing if you have the kids and they are your kids and it's maybe the back of their head, but I don't like full faces of children. So if there's profile. a picture that someone really likes of themselves and let's say there is a kid in the photo or multiple kids, can you just put an emoji like over their yes. face? Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I have seen that and that's super easy to do. It only takes a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also, you know, people can, if they're not able to do that, you can also just use another photo. Right. And this kind of gets into what we were, Adria and I have been talking, you know, we've talked about just because we haven't been on the apps, but especially some of my girlfriends, like I mentioned, who um, are on the apps, that dating profiles are so important and that they really, they obviously showcase you. Um, so you have to pick the right photos and some of the right language. and. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, because some of my friends get help from like professionals on the dating apps and I never even knew that existed. So what do you think are some information, you know, some information that should go on a dating profile? What should you maybe um, not include? What should you include? How should someone go about that? They're listening and they're maybe need to tweak their profile or they're wanting to go on the app and need to start one from scratch. Mm -hmm. So I always say a general, like a good general rule of thumb is three to five photos. 
Okay. Um, okay. You know, one or two is really not going to be enough to show who you are. Three to five is usually a good sweet spot. If you start to put more than that, sometimes people will lose interest because the human attention span is very short. Um, and you really want most of your photos to be of you, right? It's okay if there's other people in the picture, but you really want it to be that you're the focal point. So if you're at like an event and there's other people around, that's fine. But what we want to stay away from is photos where it's like you and a group of people all taking the picture together. And if you have too many of those, people aren't going to know which one of those people is you. Oh, so okay. You really want the majority of your photos to be mostly just you if you can. Um, you really want them to obviously be up to date, try not to have them be super blurry, things like that. Uh, but that's kind of, uh, otherwise we all know how to pick good pictures of ourselves, right? So recent photos too. You don't want a photo from photos. 20 years ago. Yeah. And another thing we see, we see this more with on men's profiles than women's, but if you only have photos with your ex and you're cutting her out of the photo, it's super obvious, right? Like we've, Mm. We all know this. Yeah. Just go get some new pictures. It's not that hard to ask your friends to take a couple pictures of you or to mm -hmm. set up a tripod and take them yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've all seen the, the ex girlfriend cut out of photos on profiles and it's so obvious. Just get some new photos. So awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the information I think people should include, I think it's really important to include what you're looking for and you don't have to put a long detailed description that's like, I want to be married in a year and have kids within the next two years. You don't need to say all that. But I think it is important to do, you know, if you're looking for something longer term, say that if you're okay. looking for something shorter term, say that. Uh, and if you don't really know what you're looking for, you just kind of want to meet people and see where the vibe takes you say that uh, just something super short and sweet and to the point. But so that people it will weed out the people who are not looking for the same thing as you. Right. Which Another is so important. I, yeah. 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 Because there's a lot of people, we hear a lot of people who are looking for short term, but they're afraid to say it because they think it's going to weed too many people out. Oh. But wouldn't it be nice to weed out the people who yeah. are not looking for long term? Yeah. So right. You can find other people looking for short term and vice versa. Exactly. So I think that one's an important one to include. Another one I think is just nice to include is maybe your job title don't necessarily include your place of employment, which we do sometimes see people do, but again, internet safety. Mm -hmm. So maybe not the place of employment, but just, you know, one to two lines about what you do for a living or what you're passionate about. Um, and then some hobbies that you like. And I try to tell people to include if you have hobbies that are not super standard. Like everyone includes, I love traveling. I love hiking. I love being in nature. I love animals. <laughs> but if you like crochet or you're really into jigsaw puzzles or, you know, there's just something that's a little bit different that you enjoy doing, it will just give people a little bit more of a sense of who you are. Yeah. So I really like people to include that. And then some things that I say definitely don't include I don't think you necessarily need to include whether or not you're a parent. There are some people who feel like they have to include that right away so that it'll weed out the people who are not okay with single parents. Mm -hmm. But I don't... Oh, so you're saying don't include that. I don't think you need to include it. I think that that can come up in conversation. I don't think it needs to be in mm. your profile. Okay. So not to hide that you're a parent, but I just think 
that can come up naturally in conversation, even before you have your first date or on your first date. But I don't necessarily think it needs to be something in your profile. Because again, internet safety might attract people who are looking for right. single parents with vulnerable children. And so I just don't think it needs to be on the profile. Um, another one I say okay. that you can leave off is if you are divorced or just out of a long-term relationship. Again, that's another one that you're not necessarily hiding. You can have that come up in conversation, but I don't think it needs to be on the profile itself. Um, and the last one I always say is leave things that are leading with negativity off. So a lot of times people get jaded in dating, mm-hmm. especially on the apps, and they'll put things like this app is garbage or Negative. there are no Negative. good men yeah. on this app. There's no good women on this app. People suck. I've had such a hard time on this app. I just need one good person. You know, but when you're putting things like that on your profile, you're leading with negativity Mm -hmm. and you're going to attract other negative people. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that. So just leave all the negative stuff off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, That makes sense. How about pets? I think you should include pets if you have them. Yeah, I think so too. Everybody loves animals. Or if they don't, don't or if they don't, let's say that you have a a cat and they're highly allergic to cats. I mean, they could just figure that out if you're really into someone, but it could be a make or break if someone despises cats. I don't know. So Adrian and I are huge dog lovers. I be with somebody who didn't like animals. Yeah, that's a a good point. Yes. I will say is sometimes we do see some people who will take their friends' pets and try to pass it off as theirs on a profile because they're like, oh, girls love dogs. Let's, I'm going to take my friend's dog. But then that becomes a really awkward conversation later when the girl's like, oh, where's your dog? And Mm. they have to explain they never really had the dog. So I usually say if you have pets, include them. If you don't have pets, don't try to act like you have pets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I was wondering, I was wondering this too, because, you know, we did, we recently did an episode on dating. And there one thing that I've didn't talk about and I was like, oh, this is the perfect question for Anna is, um, well, first I have two questions. But the first one is I, I was thinking about the dating apps after we did our last podcast. And I was thinking, you know what? At the end of the day, humans are humans. And I believe that a lot of the signs like the red flags that you just named, a lot of those are the same in person. But I think that a lot of people are like, well, it's a dating app. Like, I think a lot of people give people excuses. So I think like girls, like sometimes I hear them like give an excuse like, oh, a guy didn't answer my text message for two days or he didn't write me in the app for two days. Right. And recently I came across this reel and like usually reels like don't hit me like but this one reel really hit me. And it said that three things in life that you need to come to terms with. And I think that this could apply to people who are online dating or just dating in general or whatever. Number one is if they wanted to, they would. So meaning like, you know, if someone, why won't they want to, why don't they want to go on a date with me? Like if they wanted to, they would go on a date with you. And then number two, no response is a response. I find that to be very profound because when you're giving people excuses, like, oh my God, they didn't write me back. They didn't write me back. Like they saw that message and they decided not to. And you should take that as a step that they're not the right person for you. And if they wrote you back right away, then that's a, that's a good inclination that they're interested And then number three was not everybody has the same values, the same goals or the same heart that you do. 
And I saved this for this podcast because I was thinking about how people should take those three things into, you know, and think about it when you're online dating or whenever you're meeting someone or maybe even in your family relationships or whatever, because, you know, you, I think a lot of people give people a lot of leeway and it doesn't end up going well for them because they're not picking up on the red flags and they're not, you know, I think they're they're like, oh, oh, you mean that they don't like dogs? Well, it's fine. But like, that's a big value for me. And if someone likes dogs, and you know, that's a big part of my life. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that long spiel. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I think it's great. I, I'm a big proponent of if they wanted to, they would. Yeah. And I always kind of give it with a caveat, though, that like, we are people and if you are looking for a mature relationship, you're going to find people are busy. They have jobs, they have families, they have lives. So you have to give a little bit of leeway and not expect necessarily someone to write you back right away. But I think if someone's not going to be writing for a couple of days, it takes 30 seconds Mm -hmm. to send a message. Hey, I'm going on a work trip. I'm going to be in conferences. I'm not going to be able to be on my phone. So you're not going to hear from me, but I'm going to get back with you as soon as that's over. That takes 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, You know, so just to give someone a heads up, like if you're not going to hear from me, I just want to let you know, and here's why you'll hear from me when that's over. That is so different than someone who just doesn't write you back for five days. And then they're sitting around bored one day and you're someone to talk to. So they hit you back up. I know. I know. That that wouldn't fly. Yeah. And I wanted to get your expert advice or your opinion um, on... Adrian's referring to an episode that we did with a dating coach matchmaker out West on the West Coast. And she, we had a a question to ask her on when do you take it from getting, when do you take it from just talking to someone on the app to actually meeting on a date? Because I think that so many people may experience, oh my gosh, this person has become like my pen pal where like I want to meet in person. And she recommended, um, you know, you're talking for, let's say 24 hours, and then you give them your number. And then you say, contact me if you want to get together for drinks. That way it like nicks this back and forth for weeks, and then you don't meet. What's your take on that? I'm just interested because I think that's something that I think a lot of people are struggling with on the apps is how do we get this moving to then meet in person? I, I like that plan. Although for me, I, I typically, especially when I was on the apps, would take more than 24 hours before giving someone my contact information. Mm. Um, I do also have a background in criminal justice. And so like, I'm very safety, <laughs> Great very safety minded. Go girl. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Conversation with someone for more than 24 hours and then still not be somebody you want to give your phone number to. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I would say if it's been, a, if you guys have been communicating pretty steadily for a week, at that point, you need to be moving off the apps if you feel comfortable doing so. But if you've been talking for s- several weeks, I would say no more than a month and they've not made the move to meet you in person, it's probably it's not going to happen. Time. Yeah, right. If you get to a month and it hasn't happened yet, it's probably not going to happen. But I will say with my partner, um, I met him and we probably spoke for a couple weeks. I would say it was probably three weeks before we met Hmm. because he traveled for work. So he wasn't in town and couldn't meet and things like that come up. So again, I don't ever like to speak in like absolutes because a lot of people do travel for work now or they work remote so they can just travel while they're working. 
but I would say if you've made it to a month and they've not made a move to meet you, it's probably not going to happen. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll take, you know, I think people have a really great way of showing you their true colors right away. Like I think for me personally, with friendships, with people I've dated with my husband within like the first date or two, I could just kind of tell. Yeah. Like a lot about them. You can tell their communication skills. You can tell if they're into you. You can tell by body language, by just like everything. And I just feel like, you know, you have to really take people for when they, when they show you their true colors, you should really listen. Yeah. And I'm actually a really big proponent of having what I like to call is just a meet and greet first. If it is somebody that you're meeting from online or somebody you've never met before. Um, and that is for me where you're just going for something super low pressure that would be really mm. easy like a quick drink or a coffee or a walk around a local lake, just something that's a in public, but B isn't necessarily something like a fancy dinner or a movie where you're kind of stuck. And I think that allows for you to get to know someone's energy because there's a lot of times that you can have a really great connection with someone over messages and then you meet in person and maybe they still are a great person, but the energy just doesn't match. Yeah. And yeah. you're not stuck sitting there at a dinner for two hours with this person who you're Gosh. not comfortable with. You know, you have one quick drink and say, all right, I got to go. This was great. Thanks for taking time to meet with me. Um, and I, I just think that's a much lower pressure. There are some women who really want like a really fancy big first date, do the fancy dinner, do the movie, take me on an event. But what if you meet someone and the energy just doesn't match. And then now you're stuck doing that for hours. Yeah. So I like to do a quick, easy, let's grab a drink or a coffee. If you're not someone who drinks or just something very light and easy so we can get to know each other's energy. And then if we have a good time at that, then you can plan a nice first date. How do you feel about matched energy? Stephanie and I were having the conversation this weekend about you know, matched energy. And I think it's something, you know, I've been married almost 11 years. And my sister-in-law recently were like, oh, you and Josh, my husband, you and Josh have such matched energy, even though we are different in a lot of ways. Our, something about our energy is a lot alike. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that before. And then Stephanie and I were talking about how, isn't that interesting that even some of the friends that we know who aren't with their spouses anymore, or aren't with their boyfriends or girlfriends anymore, that they really didn't have matched energy. They were, they yeah. were, you can still be opposites, but have matched energy, I think. And so what is your take on matched energy? Yeah, I think you can be opposites in a lot of ways and still have a matched energy. Mm. And that's something that I think a lot of people, this is a kind of newer age approach to dating, right? Back in the old days, people wouldn't have been talking about matched no. energy vibe as they like to call it now. Yeah, um, but I think people are becoming very attuned to that. Mm -hmm. And you can be people who are total opposites, have different interests, come from different backgrounds, but your energy still match and it still be comfortable. Mm. Or you can be people who are very similar, have a lot of the same hobbies and the energy not match. And just because your energy doesn't match somebody doesn't mean that they aren't a good person or they're not going to be a great partner to somebody else. Right. I always say go into those meet and greets as super low pressure if it doesn't work out you've had a fun coffee and conversation with someone. You've met yeah. someone new. Now you have a new acquaintance. Um, but I, I think people are really tuning into that energy and can feel it and can see it. 
and are picking up on it much quicker, which is great Mm. because the sooner you pick up on it, if it's not going to work, the sooner you can end it, the less time wasted. Yeah. I think it's a lot like it's, it's, uh, having that, I, I, I read something the other day and it said to meet someone, you have to have, what's the word? I want to say charisma. It's not charisma. Um, what's, what's the word when you have, uh, like a, a spark with someone, uh, you have, light, uh, no, no, no. You have, um, when you meet someone and there's a spark, a connection. No, it's like that. It's like that. Okay. Maybe I will edit this out. <laughs> this is like 26, okay. 26 minutes. Um, I forgot what the word is when you meet someone and you don't, you you don't have charisma, you have whatever it is. But anyway, the the whole thing was that, you know, when you light a match, you need to have that spark. You need to have that spark when you, when you meet someone, but to keep it going, it needs to be more of like a candle. It needs to transfer into a candle because you're not going to always have that spark. Like 15 years into your marriage, you're not gonna have that spark, but you're going to have that long candle of like of sustainability and warmth and like all that good stuff. And I loved that because I was like, oh, wow, you know, to chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. Pam, 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 our producer came through with that. (laughs) She just pinged us chemistry. (laughs) chemistry chemistry you need chemistry yeah i think that's what matched energy kind of feels like you have that chemistry and um so my question for you anna was when you met your partner did you have that did you have that chemistry that spark because sometimes it doesn't show up right away yeah i think probably not i'll tell him not to listen to this (laughs) (laughs) um you know i think with him it really was there was a level of comfort and for me Mm. that was again that spark can go out, right? And I think when I met him, it was just very comfortable. And the spark came. But for me, when I meet someone, I just want to feel comfortable. And if I don't feel comfortable, you may be one of the best people on the planet. But if I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to keep seeing you. Mm. Um, And so yeah, I don't think I had the spark right away. But but see, I think (laughs) that's that's a really great lesson, though, because Stephanie and I were also saying, some people have such high expectations going into the these date. dates. I know. And they don't give people a chance. And I, and I, we talked about this before in the other uh, episode, but it's so important to give people a chance because some people don't come out of their shell. Like Stephanie and I are very like out of our shell right away when we meet someone, but not everyone's like that. Yeah. Right. So I'm that way too. I can talk to anybody. I got that from my mom. I can talk to anybody all day. Same. I can get yeah. along with everyone, but my partner is very shy and mm. keeps to himself. He really spends most of his time with his family. Like he doesn't even have a huge friend group. He just, he's a homebody. And so, you know, the, while the spark wasn't there, it was very comfortable and the spark came, but he was one that had to come out of his shell. But again, there was that level of comfort on the first date. I had a good time. It was very comfortable. Um, Obviously, I enjoyed his company. So we kept seeing each other and then Mm. it came. But Mm. yeah, people do really big expectations. And I I think it was my dad who told me this. If you have big expectations, you're setting yourself up to be let down. Yeah. So for me, I like to go into dates as like, whether this becomes a connection or not, I'm meeting a cool new person. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, I've met a cool new person. I have a cool new acquaintance. I think everybody has a cool story to share. So 
I can hear your life story and learn a little about you. And if it's not a love connection, it's not a love connection and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a better way to go into it. Cause if you go into it, like, man, this person needs to be my husband or I'm (laughs) dying. You yeah, know, like too high. No, I yes, I totally agree. I I heard the other day that someone said this. They said if you go into a date like it's an interview, it's going to end like a firing. Yeah, and I was like, isn't that so true that people just go in there and they're like, okay, are you checking off all my boxes? Because like, do you have a to. good job? Do you get along with your family? Do you are you my are you my like exact? Um, I, I'm sorry, Sevi. I'm thinking about Indian matchmaking, which is so interesting. Anna, do you watch it? I, I do. Oh, I do. My gosh. My like, gosh. Talk about expectations. They have to be from a certain part of India or like a certain, because there's so many different languages within India. And I'm like, gosh, what a crazy well, matchmaking she's experience. The first one to tell her clients, you may have this whole list, but I'm only going to be able to find you yeah. somebody who meets 80% of it. I love her. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I agree with that. I actually knew someone and I won't include what their relationship is to me because they would figure it out very quickly. But I knew someone who had a long list. They need to be not living in this part of town. They can't drive a pickup truck. They can't do this. They can't do that. I don't want them to have this. I don't want them to have that. And mm. I just was sitting back like, I'm just going to wait for the day that you find your, sp- your spouse. And it's none of those things. Yeah. yeah. The whole <laughs> list goes out yeah. the window. And I think it ended up happening with her as well. She found her spouse. He's wonderful. And he's not everything on the list. So Mm -hmm. we have to have that expectation that like, it's great to have, you know, things on a list that you are looking for, but understanding that we're all human. Yeah. And we're not like here to check boxes and people are, people are going to surprise you sometimes. Like maybe somebody, you really want someone who doesn't drive a pickup truck, but then you meet Mr. Perfect and he drives a pickup truck. Is that really going to be the reason you don't stay with that person? Mm, I know. Right. That's yeah, that's crazy. So I think it's good to have a list and have an idea of the things that you want. And I think the more you date, the more curated that list becomes because you become exposed to more things, the more you date. So you know a little bit more what you want and don't want, but definitely understanding that you're probably not going to find somebody who meets a hundred percent of your list. And how can you make sure someone isn't getting catfished? I feel like obviously the word catfish has been around, especially since I think it was the MTV show that's still out. But I remember back in the day, I'd watch it and I'd watch an episode and then just think, how does this person not see the red flags? And then they, I don't, I saw this on the call sheet, but I thought it would be good for the podcast. I don't know what that is. Catfish? Yeah. Catfish is when someone portrays themselves to be somebody they're not. Oh. It's like on the show. Yeah. Like on the show, you may be thinking that you're talking to like a 25-year-old and you're also in your 20s, but then you go meet them and they are married with four kids (gasps) and like 60. But using someone else's photos. Yeah. But it's like crazy because I I remember watching the show back in college years ago and it's like, oh my God, these people, did they not know? But maybe it's something where... I, maybe I'm, I'm, it's something where you have to be in their shoes and then it could happen to anyone sort of thing. So how can you make sure you aren't being catfished on a dating app? I feel like that's something where we talked earlier where recent photos are really pop, you know, important, but you don't necessarily know if that photo's outdated or not. Yeah, you don't. And there are a couple things we can do now. So catfishing was real, real easy to do back in the day because we didn't have all the 
same True. safety measures or like knowledge of technology that we have now. Nowadays, most dating apps have a verification process and it's not the same type of verification you see on the social media apps where you have to be someone with millions of followers and do all this stuff to get your blue check mark. On the dating apps, they usually will just ask you to upload a picture of yourself. And then they ask you to do like a couple poses. Like they'll say, take a picture holding a peace sign with your right hand or take a picture doing this. And you'll take those pictures to prove that it's you. Or sometimes they'll have you take a photo of your driver's license. And those don't get published on your profile itself. It's just for them to be able to give you that little check mark to say you've been verified as the person that you're saying. So that process really only takes a couple minutes. And there are a lot of people who are a little too lazy to do that. They don't want to have to do that. But one of the big things you can do is look for if a profile is verified. That's a really good one. Mm. And then, of course, you can look now. A lot of them will let you link your Instagram and not everybody wants to do that. I understand that. But if they do have a LinkedIn Instagram, you can go to their Great Instagram. Way. Yes. Um, yep. And then another one is, you know, if the photos look really old and grainy, which we do come across on the apps quite a bit, if the photos look old and grainy, they're not recent photos. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So much that Adrian and I are learning about, you know, just Mm -hmm. talking with you. And I think it's something where if someone's listening, hopefully maybe they're going to, they were thinking about going on the apps. Like I have a girlfriend who really isn't sure if she should go on the apps and I keep pushing her like, go on them, go on them because it's a great way to meet people and to get out there, especially if you are single or working from home. A lot of people work from home or like you don't know their job situation and like it works out best for them to meet people online. I could totally get that. Yeah. Pre-COVID, it was it was a good thing to be on the dating apps, but especially post-COVID because you're right. right, A lot of people who maybe used to work in offices and would be in an office meeting people and going, you know, to local restaurants for lunch or for coffee. These sort of places are now no longer places that we can meet people, right? If you work yeah. from mm-hmm. home. So I'm a big proponent. I know that the the apps get old and you have to weed through a lot of not great stuff on them. But I'm a big proponent of if you're dating and you're really serious about meeting people, you should be on at least one app. Um, Okay. And again, that really kind of depends on where you live, which app that should be. But I think people should be on them. And I know that they can get frustrating because you do get a lot of things that make you roll your eyes, but you also meet a lot of people. So I've met so many people that while they didn't end up becoming love connections, they are now actually really good friends of mine. Wow, that's awesome. I hang out with and we do things together. And, you know, some of the people I've met on dating apps, I've actually hooked up with my friends. And they're just a great way to meet people, whether you're Mm -hmm. dating just trying to meet new friends anyway. So I know that they are daunting and I know that they can be annoying, but I think it is important if you're dating to be on at least one app. Yeah, I, I, I think that's to, great, great I advice. to ask too, um, before we end and end this episode, because we could talk to you forever about this topic. Um, so you are, is your primary base TikTok in terms of finding clients? I know that, you know, we found you on TikTok, but how do people primarily find you on TikTok? Because I just read today that it's like, it, I think it's in terms of users, one of the biggest social media outlets. It's like bigger than Snapchat now, I think even more than Instagram. Yeah, TikTok is the biggest way for me. Yeah. Um, I am 
I'm more of a video person than like a still photo person. So I have an Instagram, but that's probably my smallest platform because I just don't take a ton of photos. I have a YouTube, but my YouTube is mostly focused on um, other things. Currently, I am going to start pulling in my dating coaching stuff to there. But yeah, currently TikTok is my biggest platform and it's been wonderful. Besides that, I actually have gone on the apps and said, hey, I'm a dating coach. If anyone wants, you know, advice on your profiles, let me know. Yeah, that's another way I do it. But TikTok is the biggest platform. That's so cool. And then so people see you, they see your ideas, and then they just reach out to you and they say, I'd really like to work with you. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'll give people, you know, advice for free just on their bio, give them a quick couple pointers. Or of course, I have different series on my TikToks. Um, And then other times people say, no, I really want to actually like elicit your services. And then we work together. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. I feel like even that in itself is so new age. Not only are you on an app, mm-hmm. but you're finding a dating coach on TikTok. That is, that is a so, that's so, so, so new. Cool. And that's why we wanted to talk to you because we thought that is the future. I think that if you are an expert in any field, being on social media is the way to find clients or to find customers because it's everyone's on it. Really? And it is one of the biggest search engines. I think Next to Google, pre-TikTok, next to Google, YouTube was one of the biggest search engines mm-hmm. in the world. Mm. You can really search anything. And, you know, you always have to be a little bit skeptical about the information that you're getting online. You have to make sure you're getting it from credible sources. Yeah. But definitely social media is a great way to find clients, but also for, for people just to get information. And there's a lot of free information. It doesn't yeah. always have to be purchasing people's services. A lot of people who are experts in a lot of different fields give a lot of free advice on these social media platforms. And TikTok has just absolutely blown up. I know. And people are learning so much from it, which I think is really great because people have access to information that they may have never had access to otherwise. Yeah, 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 totally. So we will put your information in the podcast notes. And, you know, I think that any kind of positivity that we can drive our customers to, I feel like it's the reason why we do this podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. And I hope that people are able to connect with you on TikTok and maybe even see your beautiful photos on Instagram. But, you know, just head over to TikTok and talk to you and meet you and hopefully meet the person that they want to be with. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been such a fan of you all for many years as a redhead. I think what you guys are Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy, and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. She was great. And I'm so happy we were able to ask her some of the questions we weren't able to touch upon in the last episode for dating. So I feel like we really got to cover a lot. And I love love her advice. And I love too how it seems like the dating world and the dating experts and the dating coaches, it's really interesting. It is a lot like therapy that you have to kind Mm -hmm. of find the person for you. 
you know, find the right dating coach for you who is going to be the right one for you. So I love that we are talking to different coaches with different perspectives on things. Um, But what I can tell you from what I've, what I remember hearing from the last episode and from this episode is it's really about being honest and being true to yourself throughout the dating process. Like I think if yeah. you're approaching it with a really good mindset of, okay, this is me. This is what I really look like. Um, being honest throughout the process and feeling your gut feeling when, for instance, let's say someone doesn't write you back in the app or whatever happens, right? Or you do go on the date mm-hmm. and you get a good feeling, you get a bad feeling. So just kind of go with your gut and know. I think it's really important that people aren't sitting at their first date being like, is this the person I'm going to marry? Is this the one, you know, I think that if you just go about it, just being true to yourself and just whatever feels good to just kind of go with that positive feeling. I've learned from talking to both dating experts now that it seems that it's going to bring you to that right path. If you aren't trying to kind of live a life that isn't meant for you, you know, if you're like not posting photos that aren't you or like old photos or going to these dates with really high expectations. I don't know. I just think that if you're just able to find happiness in yourself, then you're going to find happiness with someone else. That's what I, what I've gathered. Yeah. That's so beautiful, Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I was thinking about like what I found because they they did have a lot of things in common, but they were also different personalities when it comes to dating coaches. So I was like, oh, wow, you have to be careful who you match with, with your dating coach too, because you want to make sure that it's a good fit there as well. Right. Right. And I think it just depends on what you're looking for, but it is important to take a lot of her advice, um, especially with the the catfishing and just everything that goes about that and the information that you share in your dating profile and just making sure that you're just your more your most authentic self because that will shine through on your profile and when you meet the person that's right for you yeah 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 and um you know, Stephanie and I, we both love being married. And I think, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people who don't want to get married. There's a lot of people who want to yeah, be in relationships, definitely. who just want to be boyfriend, girlfriend, who just want to be engaged. Like, mm-hmm. I think that you have to kind of just do what's right for you. Um, and yeah, yeah. So now we'd love to open this podcast up for question and answers. Daily, we get an array of questions from social media, comments, emails, and direct messages. And we thought it'd be fun to bring these to the podcast. So we're answering two questions today and we wanted to, and if you want to send in your questions, email h2barpodcast or DM us on Instagram, TikTok at how to be a redhead. We're also really big into YouTube shorts now, threads. So write us any, yeah, write us any way (laughs) you want, tweet us, whatever, and we will answer. So let's get into it. Yeah. So we thought that the first question was really relatable to this episode. So it's from Audrey on TikTok and she DM'd us saying and asking. So she said, I think it's creepy when men only want to date redheaded women. And then she asked us, do you feel that way too? So yeah, I think, yeah, you know, I it think is it creepy. is creepy. There's something it creepy is about that. Yeah. Especially when someone tells you, oh, I only want to date redheaded women. Um, Ew. It seems... 
Like some people probably have some sick obsession with redhead. Yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know if it's our hair color or stereotype or something. Yeah. 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 But I definitely would say that it is kind of creepy. Yeah. I and would, some people I would might think be it's listening creepy. and say, I don't think it is. So I think it's a personal preference when it comes to some people might be some, flattered by that. Right. A redhead might hear it and say, I think nothing of it. And then another redhead might be totally turned off. So I think it depends too on experiences. If you've had a bad experience with someone saying that, or maybe it it makes you think about something in your past. I don't know what the situation could be, but I think it's just different for, for every redhead. Um, yeah. But I initially just gravitate to saying creepy, but... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 same, same. <laughs> yeah. And the next question is from Annie on Instagram. And she wrote in saying, which is nicer looking on redheads, gold or silver? Silver, I can't pick. And this is a great topic. I don't know. Obviously, it's not really relatable to today's episode, but picked it because we've talked about it on a few episodes. And I personally love gold. Same. I know you do too, you do too Adrian. It's I, a personal I preference. I'm telling you, there are people another, who are, they love silver. I know. And then I think it just comes down to really your skin tone and your hair type. I mm-hmm. feel like if you if you're a tanned redhead and you have darker complexions and darker red hues in your hair, silver would look really good. Like anytime I see someone who's like really tan and they have silver on, it looks really pretty. And then gold just really looks good with for me personally, fair skin and freckles. So I think it just you know, definitely play around with what works for you. If you notice that gold looks good or silver, or you can just be like our mom, our mom wears different. She wears both, but she, yeah. yesterday when I saw her, yeah, she, she has two glasses, prescription glasses, one for when she wears gold and one for when she wears silver. So sometimes, you know, you can go back and forth. I just, growing up, I always wore silver, but then as I've gotten older, I realized I should stick to gold. Yeah. Like yeah. my and wedding I think, band you know, is we gold. A, we have a post, Stephanie, we did over 10 years ago. I have such a good memory yeah. where yeah, we I talk about it. gold or silver. And I think we might have some recent ones. So if we have any that we can dig up, we'll put them in the podcast notes to mm-hmm. talk about the gold or the silver and what experts say looks best with different skin tones. Um, but yeah, like we're both, we're whatever. We prefer gold and we recommend gold for fair skinned redheads, especially if you have freckles. But um, wear whatever you love and what expresses your personality. Yeah. So want to help us spread the news about the How to Be a Redhead brand in this podcast? Please give us a five-star review and tell your friends, redheads, and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this podcast directly on our website, on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with products mentioned and so much more. Rock it like a redhead. Rock it like a redhead. Rock it like a redhead.